again, it's Jonathan from First Baptist Church Big Spring. I'm the Minister of Discipleship and Administration here. We're glad you have joined us for this episode of the First Baptist Podcast. Tonight's episode is going to be different than the normal episodes that we've been producing, looking back upon the weekly sermon. And we look forward to having a few more like this. A couple of things that we've got lined up for you in the next few weeks. Next week's Thursday edition of the podcast, we'll have a special guest on, Mr. Kai Jones, graduate student at Midwestern Baptist Seminary. He's going to talk about the importance of theology in the local church. So look forward to that conversation later next week. And then coming up sometime in the near future, we're going to be doing at least a two-part series, possibly more, on how to read your Bible. How to read your Bible. We'll talk a little bit about biblical interpretation, how reading, say for example, the book of Psalms is different than reading the book of Genesis, and how reading one of the gospel books in the New Testament, for example, Matthew, is slightly different than one of Paul's letters. They're all inspired true Word of God books of the Bible, but they're written in a different format. And so it's required of us that we read them slightly differently, much like the difference between reading a mystery novel and a history book. We approach those two types of literature slightly different, and when we understand that going in, we can have a greater understanding of what's being spoken of in the book. And so that's one of the other future series that we're going to be doing in these late week editions of the podcast. But tonight, I want to talk about a couple of things. One of the things I'd like to talk about tonight is what is a church? What is a church? Well, there are two ways that we can define a church. The church is obviously God's universal church that is here on this earth. That would include all people that have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, have repented of their sins, and asked Jesus to come and live in their life and be Lord over that life. And that would be the church universal, all believers around the world. But there's also the local church, the local church. And we're a part of a local church here in Big Spring, Texas. We just happen to call ourselves First Baptist Church. Big Spring, but there are many other churches around, not only in our community, in our area, in our state, and around the world. There are tons and tons of other local churches that gather around the central purpose of worshiping Jesus. And the way I like to define a church, and there are certainly tons of biblical examples for this, but I like to define the local church as God's disciple-making army. God's disciple-making army. Remember Jesus in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, we're told to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. And, and so the idea that we are going to go and we are going to make disciples, that is our task and that is our role as a local church. We not only do that within the walls of our church with the proclamation of the Word of God through Bible studies and times of fellowship and times of prayer, well, we are to go out from this place. If you really think about it, we don't spend a whole lot of time in this building that we call First Baptist Church Big Spring. 
if you're involved in every activity that's ever offered in the life of First Baptist Church Big Spring, it's still a small percentage of your time. The majority of your time is spent outside the walls of the church, which I see as a good thing. We have an opportunity to reach a lost and dying world, and we get the chance to be God's disciple-making army. And so where are we to do that? We're to do it here in Big Spring. That's our place. It's where we are. It's where God has placed you. But we're also to do it around the world because we're to go and we're to make disciples and we're to share that with everyone. And we're to do that in a way that brings glory to God when those that are far from God turn to God and place their faith and trust in Him. And there are tons of examples of people that have done that throughout the history of the church. People that have gone to many places in the world. There are places in our world today that still no gospel missionary, no evangelical missionary has ever gone to. But there are a lot of places that were once never penetrated with the gospel where people have gone now. And there are some super interesting stories. Many of you know that I'm a, a graduate from Lander University. If you don't know where that is, that's okay. My degree is in history. I'm fascinated by history. I love reading it. It's really interesting to me, and it's okay if you're not. But when you look back upon Christian history, you see some amazing stories of some amazing men and some amazing women that have done some awesome things with their lives. And one of the men that did such an amazing work in a place that had never really had a gospel influence before uh, to, to a certain extent was a guy named Bill Wallace. Bill Wallace. And so I'd like to read a few things about Bill Wallace to you tonight. But before I do that, Bill Wallace was originally from Knoxville, Tennessee. He was trained as a doctor. He went to the University of Tennessee Medical School, where he graduated, and was seeking to figure out exactly where he was going to do that. He was a member of Broadway Baptist Church, which is just north of downtown Knoxville, a church that's still in existence today. He was a part of the Royal, Royal Ambassador RA program there, and I'll reference that when I read his letter here in just a minute. But he was a super amazing guy, and he felt called as a teenager to go on the mission field to be a medical missionary somewhere not in the United States. And so he was in the process and was about to be appointed and sent to go to China to be a medical missionary, sent out from the Southern Baptist, what was at the time the Foreign Mission Board. It's the International Mission Board now. And what I'm going to read, uh, an excerpt from now, is what's known as his farewell message to his church, that local church, Broadway Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I want you to hear a few things that we see about his life in his own words here in this letter. This is what Bill Wallace writes just prior to leaving to head out onto the mission field. He says, I want to express my sincere and heartfelt appreciation 
in making it possible for possible for me to go to China as your missionary, your ambassador, although that's the reference to RAs, uh, royal ambassadors that I was talking about, your ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. My heart is cheered this morning as I think of the fact that the church where I was converted and baptized and in which I grew is sending me as their missionary. Not only do I wish to thank you for the financial aid, but I also wish for your prayers and your love, which has been manifest to me. I wish to especially thank the organizations of the church for their gifts and their interest. And you may be interested to know that I'm not the first missionary who's gone out from Broadway Baptist Church. And he goes on to talk about another missionary family that had been appointed several years before that. He knows at this point that he's been called to be a medical missionary and he's going to do that in China. And so he poses the question to the congregation that morning, and this is what he says. Does the medical missionary have a call the same as any other missionary or preacher? And the answer that he quotes is from Dr. T.W. Ayers, a fellow Baptist medical missionary. And he answers with the quote, yes, and yes. And he goes on to write, And I'm glad to say this morning that God has called me into his service to be one of his servants as a medical missionary. I don't know why God should call me and not another, but he did, and I'm glad what I could do but answer his call. I'm glad, but what could I do but answer his call? God called me to be one of his servants as a physician on July 22nd, 1926, nine years ago, and I have since been preparing definitely to be a medical missionary. And God's call was so definite to me that I think he made it definite for me, and I think he made it definite for me, so there would be no doubt into my mind as to God's plan. So that through the long years of preparation, there would be no doubt I was doing God's will. And that has been a joy and a comfort to me. And I've often thought of it. God before me, who can be against me? In a little personal incident, in my hand I hold a little testament, which I purchased soon after God called me, and in it are these words, I dedicate my life to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who called me into his service to be one of his servants as a physician, July 22, 1926. And here I hold a telegram dated July 22, 1935, nine years to the day from the from the time God called me, advising me to come to Richmond, Virginia for examination and appointment as a medical missionary. You may say that's just a mere coincidence, but to me it has been a happy thought and a joy and comfort to know that nine years to the day after the Lord called me, I received a telegram telling me to come to Richmond for an appointment. So he goes on to talk about this idea of what it means to be a missionary and how he could not abandon what he knew that God had called him to do. And it's an amazing thought when we think about this young man that's about to head out on the medical mission field into a place that was unreached, into a place that was very difficult, into a place that there was a lot of uncertainty, but he knew God had called him. And he goes on to list a few reasons why he knows that that's the case. Well, Wallace gives 
three reasons in his letter why he believes that God is sending him to China. He says this, he says, Why should I go when there are such hardships and inconveniences? The only answer I have is that it is God's plan that I go. And there are three reasons why I believe I'm going to go to China. The first reason is because God has called me. And he goes on to write, is there really any other reason that you need? He says the second reason he wants to go is because of the need and how great is that need. China today is ready and willing to hear and accept the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in John 10, 2, we read, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into that harvest. And that's the second reason that I want to go. The third and final reason why I want to go to China, he writes, and why I'm going is because someone has prayed. It's a powerful testimony of what God is doing in this young man's life as he writes these letters and speaks these words to his congregation there in Knoxville, Tennessee in 1935. Bill Wallace was an amazing missionary. Powerful statement of his faith there. He has a church named after him in the northern half of Knoxville now, Wallace Memorial Baptist Church. Wallace Memorial Baptist Church actually sent missionaries to be partners with the church that Rebecca and I helped plant in Canada while we were serving as church planting missionaries there. It was during that time that I first learned the story of Bill Wallace and why their church was named that. But if you know anything about titles in it, such as Wallace Memorial, there's usually a reason that it's called Memorial. Bill Wallace ended up going to China, and he began to do ministry there, and he began to share his faith, and he practiced his faith there while he was in China. He did that through becoming a doctor and serving as a surgeon there. But he died in a cold jail cell far from his home in Knoxville, Tennessee. Not too many years after he had been there, communist government was going around and rounding up people. And Bill Wallace was caught in one of those sting operations. He was arrested on false charges based on planted evidence. Communist police claimed that there was a gun found under his pillow. No gun was actually found. He was thrown into jail. He was beaten. He was ridiculed. He was jabbed repeatedly with bamboo sticks by prison guards. Driven to distraction by brutal interrogations, he was so despondent to the point of his own insanity in his final days, according to those that were around him. The official story from the Chinese Communist government was that Bill Wallace took his own life, but none of the evidence adds up to that. He was killed by the Communist government in China. 
simply for the act of being a missionary and refusing to stop sharing the love of Jesus with other people. When the communist government took over there, Foreign Mission Board and International Mission Board of today indicated to many of the missionaries there that they were free to come home if they felt like that's what they needed to do. Bill Wallace ignored that and said, God's called me here, and that's where I'm going to be. This is where God has placed me, and I'm going to be there. Upon his death, article from Baptist Press several years ago says that he was quickly buried by a few of his friends under the close watch of, quote, an armed escort. Absolutely no religious service was allowed. His remains were not even returned to the United States until 1985, 30-some-odd years after his death. And we would look upon that today as a tragedy. We would look upon it as injustice, and it is. But many would look upon it as a waste. Was it an injustice? Yes. Was it a wasted life? Absolutely not. Bill Wallace was an amazing man that followed God's leading in his life. Did what others thought maybe wasn't the wisest choice and certainly didn't seem like the wisest plan of action. Bill Wallace was persecuted for his faith. And he ultimately died because he claimed to Jesus. Today we're living in a country where we have the freedom to worship. We have that ability to do what Bill Wallace didn't have. And sometimes it seems like things aren't going our, our way as believers. But ultimately, our freedom does not come from someone on this earth that grants it. Our freedom comes from Jesus Christ. We can't help but worship. Bill Wallace said he had to go. When our relationships are challenging and troubled and we think things aren't going our way, maybe others are looking down upon us or treating us wrongly, I'd like us all to be reminded of the life of Bill Wallace. He was truly persecuted against. And I don't think anyone in our church or a lot of churches in, in our city truly realize the life that he lived and what it truly means to be persecuted for our faith. Listen to Psalm chapter 27 with me tonight, verse number four. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One other verse that I'd like to, a passage that I would like to read for you tonight is over in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, 
starting in verse number 13. Paul is writing. Paul was persecuted against. You know that. He says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What's Paul talking about there? Is he talking about a day when no one dislikes us on this earth? When we are victorious over all the things that are going wrong in our lives? When everybody loves believers? When it's not difficult to live a life as a Christian? No, Paul is talking about heaven. He's talking about pressing on towards the goal of eternal life with Christ Jesus. And here's the reassuring thing for us tonight. No election, no government, no country, no city, no state, no person on this earth can ever separate you from the love of God. He says, this one thing is what I look for. That one thing he's talking about is heaven. Paul will, will die, much like Bill Wallace did, while saying, I press on towards this one goal of the high calling of Christ Jesus. That's our calling as a believer. To look forward to that day when we go and meet Jesus. Remember back to the beginning of this? I said that the church is God's disciple-making army. And we are all members. We are all servants in God's army. And our job is to make disciples. And we do that by sharing the love of Jesus wherever we're called to go. Whether it's China, whether it's Big Spring, whether it's anywhere else in this world, our calling is to make disciples. May we do that for God's glory. Let's pray together. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the witness of Bill Wallace and many others throughout the course of human history that have laid down their lives as they serve, as they share their faith, as they proclaim Jesus. May we do the same. May everything in our lives be about proclaiming Jesus to those that have not yet heard. May we lay down what we need to lay down in order to do that. May we walk away from the things that distract us, of which there are many. God, we pray that we would make disciples in this place for your glory. It's in your name I pray tonight. Amen. Thanks for joining me tonight. I'd encourage you to read a little bit more about Bill Wallace. There are several good books about him, and I think you'll enjoy them. Have a great day.